Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Welcome to That Movie List Podcast. I am your host, Ben White. And joining me, if there was an Academy Award for Best Supporting Podcast Host, he would win it. It's Dave. How are you, Dave? I'm really good, thank you, Ben. Yeah, very good. And thank you for that nice intro. It's uh, lovely. Best Supporting Actor, I'll take that. Not Main Actor? <laughs> no, that's, I think that's evident. Yeah, fair enough then. Um, so that should give you a clue to what we're looking at. It's Oscars week. There is this this week leading up to the 2021 Oscars for those people that are uh, listening to this in the future. Um, so we thought we'd do an Oscar theme pod, an Academy Award theme pod. Now we could have gone the boring route and talked about this year's 2021 Oscars and the films and who we think is going to win it, and maybe even top five films in the 2021 Oscars. But why do something as simple, straightforward, and frankly dull as that? When what we can do is count down the top five nominated best picture movies that should have won it, but didn't. Mm, yeah. And I think it's a, a particularly prudent call because I, I haven't seen or heard of any of the films nominated for Oscars this year. Yeah, there was there was also that as well. I mean, we can't get <laughs> the cinemas. We can't go anywhere. To be fair, they're all on streaming sites now. That's what I've realized. They, they can all be legally streamed they can all be watched on netflix and, and amazon and all the rest of it so it's been a lot easier to watch most of them this time but i'm only i've got eight left to watch um wow. from all the categories and oscar categories that i usually watch from so we'll talk a little bit about the oscar 2021 probably next episode this episode we're just going to count down the lists of the nominated movies that didn't won but should have difficult list to put together dave surprisingly yes um i had i made it more difficult i self-inflicted more difficult um list to put together because there's a whole there's loads and loads of films that were nominated but didn't win and they're great films my stipulation was that i had to have seen the best picture winner to decide that the other film was better than that and i haven't seen a surprising slash unsurprising number of best winners best picture winners uh, throughout the history of oscars and it somewhat limited my uh, my choices and it also meant that i have a very modern list yeah i think mine i went all the way back to the very beginning and did probably what you did and went through from the very beginning to see if there's any yep. there i've got a few early on see i went okay. to I, I, I i've seen most most of the films that i'm going to talk about today i've seen all the ones that should have won it but there are you're right there are a few but there's like my number five today is like well this is a like there's no film better than this one so yeah like, there's no film on that list better than this one so that one had to have should have been best picture and well i suppose we'll have a chat about that when we come to it but hmm. so did you judge it on whether you liked the film whether the film was better made whether it was you know better direction better performances or just like this film is categorically better than this other one yeah Okay, good. Um, <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I, I based it on whether I like the film, to be honest. But I think the my list is made up of um, films where it's pretty. I, there won't be many people going. What do you want about for a change? Yeah, fair enough. How many do you reckon we have the same? 
two. Yeah, I'd go with that. I think if our number one is not the same, I'd be very surprised. I think our number one is definitely the same movie. Yeah, I think so too. It's the most criminal thing (laughs) to ever have happened at the Academy Awards, ever. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little teaser for you. I don't know. There's there's been some some tabloid stories about things that have happened at the Academy Awards before that may be more criminal than that. But we'll we'll come back to that. Okay, fair enough then. (laughs) (laughs) Or not come back to that. Or not come back to that. We don't have players. Right then. You're going to go first this time. Cool. So, what's your number five, Dave? So, cast your mind back to a time when uh, Corona was simply a lager. Um, we're going all the way back to 2019. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Parasite won the best uh, best picture that year. Right. And I've chosen Joker. Oh, you're going controversial from the start. Yeah. So this when I'm when I'm going through these, I don't necessarily mean that the, the film that won is a bad film. I'm just no. saying this in in another year, I think there were these movies could have, should have, would have won. Uh, and I think Joker Joker was really good. I think it was a creative way of doing it. It was it was one of those films where I think they were on a hiding to nothing by doing it because there's been a lot of Batman films. There's been a lot of superhero films coming at it from the the baddies perspective and taking the route that they did uh, after such a, uh, a an epic, incredible Heath Ledger performance in the role. I think it would have could have very easily been awful. And the fact that they've even made the nominations for Best Picture for this shows what a success it was. It's close, that one. Mm. I, I mean, because I love Parasite as well. Parasite is, is an unbelievable movie. Like, it is it's ridiculously good, that film. But then Joker, I mean, Joker's the same. Both films just were, were, were absolutely stunning. So, I don't know. I enjoyed Joker more. I thought Joker was a better film. I, I, I enjoyed Parasite. It was good. But I think I'd built it up too much in my head. I think I had my expectations were too high. I think it would have been better I'd have gone and win none. It certainly wasn't a scandal though, that one, was it? No, no, not at all. That's not fair. All. That's fair. Okay. So, on, number five. What's your number five? My number five, we are taking you back to when Corona wasn't even a lager. We're going back to wartime. We're going back to nineteen forty one. Wow. I your history knowledge is very good. Thanks for an English teacher. In 1941, the winner of Best Picture was How Green Was My Valley, which beat, which uh, very, which beat Citizen Kane. Wow. Now, Citizen Kane is often regarded, whether rightly or wrongly, as one of the best pictures of all time, if not one like the greatest film of all time. It is amazing. It's an incredible film, especially for the time period. And I struggle to think that anything that year was better than what is considered the best film of all time. Particularly a film, it's, you know, it's not like Gone with the Wind has beat Citizen Kane or yeah. It's a Wonderful Life has beaten Citizen Kane. How Green is My Valley? Not, you know, which one's, to, exactly, which one stood the test of time? Which one's really made it? You know, so that one, that one kind of got in there because I struggle to think that Citizen Kane 
shouldn't have taken away that Oscar, really. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we'll, 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 we'll leave that one there and go straight to your number four. Uh, I'm, I don't have much to say on that because I haven't seen Citizen Kane. But I'm going to have you seen How Green Is My Valley? <laughs> no, I haven't. No. That's what you're going to I have <laughs> seen How Green Is My Valley. I wish you'd stop asking me that. Um, what I'd, um, what I'm going to do is ask the question that all of the listeners want to know the answer to. How green is my valley? Is that a question or a statement? What's the punctuation at the end of that? Oh, now I'm going to have to double check that. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, why would that not be a, why would that not be a question? Because it could be like, how green is my valley? Or how green is my valley? (laughs) (laughs) Um, if we're going by the punctuation for the film How Green How Green Was My Valley, which was a turn of the se- the turn of the century in the Welsh mining village, the Morgans, he stern, she gentle, raise coal mining sons and hope their youngest will find a better life. Wow. Um, there's no question mark at the end of How Green Was My Valley, according to IMDb. Cool. So it's it is literally <laughs> How Green Was My Valley. Yeah. But even that's <laughs> a question. It's just wrong. It's just wrong, isn't it? How Green Was My Valley. I don't know. But now I know it's Welsh. It should really be, how green was my valet? Excellent. And now we should move on to my number four. Definitely your number four. <laughs> my number four, okay, is uh, coming coming back back forward in time from your, your number five. Um, I'm going back to 1999. Okay. Uh, American Beauty won the best picture. Great film. Great film. What do you think should have? I've gone for Six Cents. Oh, I would have loved to have Six Sense with it. Mm. Six Sense would have been a nice one, just because the uh, we spoke about it before, but the 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 twist and the watchability of it and the uh, the story, I think, is is great. And it was it was talked about so much. And I think American Beauty probably got it because it's a bit more artsy. Yeah. Um, but I'd I'd argue that Six Sense is more watchable. Six Sense isn't the kind of film that wins an Oscar either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. It's, it's it's and there's a few. If you, we'll we'll talk about this probably after the list is finished. If you go back, the types of films that that were even nominated for Oscars has changed massively. Yeah, like and you look quantity. down the list and the, oh, oh the quantity <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's that's yeah way more. But you look back, you look back through the list and you go, I can't believe that's technically an Oscar nominated movie. And there's one which might be on your list. So I'm not going to say it, but. There's one that, if it's not on your list, we'll do honorable mention for, which is very much like, I can't believe that's Oscar nominated. And, and it doesn't say, Oscar, you know, this film is not advertised as being Oscar nominated either, which didn't seem to be a thing people did either. No. That seems like a much more recent thing. Oscar nominated movie this, as opposed to the ones from the 1960s and 70s. So, well, maybe yeah. it's, it holds more weight now. Okay, good. Six cents over American Beauty. Absolutely. See, I don't, I don't, that one's a bit more controversial, I think. I think more people are gonna are gonna disagree with you there. Uh, probably, probably. But then you're siding with um, Kevin Spacey over Bruce Willis, and you're you're going to be controversial, aren't you, mate? You're making it a bit more <laughs> difficult to host. Best supporting <laughs> podcast host, my word. I was just I was just saying, I think I think for Bruce Willis as an actor. Yeah, of course you were. Moving swiftly on. What's your number four, Ben? 2014, the best Oscar winner for picture, said that really badly, was a film called Birdman, starring Michael Keaton. 
very famous for being the one-shot film all the way through, uncut. Michael Keaton gives a performance as a jaded actor who used to be famous for playing a superhero, so really stretching his abilities. And it beat out Boyhood, which was filmed over 12 years. Like, 12 years of work... 12 years of putting in this movie, of actually capturing the age and the changing of a a boy from, you know, young lad, 10 years old, to becoming, you know, whatever whatever age they end up finishing in, add add 12 to 10. Um, And, you know, it get beat by Michael Keaton. 22. Pardon? 22. Yeah, 22. Thanks for that. And it gets beat by uh, Michael Keaton in in Birdman. I just think you just have to look at that thinking, the work I've put in. Yeah, really. If so in thirteen it, years, would I have got? Because <laughs> it's never going to be done again either. So no one can repeat that. No one can turn around and go, "Well, I'm going to film a film over twelve years." Because you look at it and go, "Yeah, it's great, but it's been done." Yeah, and yeah. It, and it kind of felt like it was being done in secret. It kind of felt like that. You know, he, he showed up and went, "Is that film I've been making over twelve years?" You've been doing what, sorry? Yeah, I've been making a film over 12 years. Here it is. It's just this complete four-hour epic or whatever it is. But yeah, I've made this. It's like, come on. And you're not, that's best picture all over there. I think he got best director. But okay, maybe. I don't know, yeah. actually. No, no. You, you, you do some padding. I don't know if he got best director because I think that might have even gone to the guy from Birdman for his frigging one-shot stuff as well. And even then, I'd be, I think he's been robbed. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he didn't do it in one shot either, did he? There was a couple of clever edits in there, I think. Yeah, yeah, he definitely it was. No, it absolutely was. A, it was. Um, it was faked. Is that word? Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, it was faked. Yeah. Um, unlike there are films out there that are done properly as one shot, but that one, yeah, he didn't even do it. So what you're saying is it, it reduces his his achievement even more because he didn't even do it properly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there yeah. is a bit where Michael Keaton's literally flying. Um, so I don't I don't know how you'd have done that um, properly, but you know, nice. I didn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Alfonso Cuarón was best director for um, Birdman. He won best film editing. I'll have him that. You can have best <laughs> film editing. Absolutely, you can have that. That should be dead easy. It's one take. <laughs> no, no editing needed. It's like unbelievable. Podcasts. In fact. I don't even think Boyhood won an award that night. No, I think it won Best Supporting Actress, didn't it? I don't know. Anyway, right then. <laughs> on a tangent, there we go. So uh, I'd have given it... I was, I was outraged on on, on the uh, on behalf of Boyhood there. Probably more so than I should have been, but there we go. That's fair. That's a fair call. Birdman was one of those that even at the time, it was like, uh, really? Really? Did you did you watch Birdman? Uh, I started to watch it on a plane. It's 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 dull. I turned it off. Yeah. Oh, it's so dull. Yeah. There's films in the Oscars where you look at them and go, I don't understand why so many people think this is great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, there's some you can appreciate. I, I I don't get it, but I appreciate what they've done there. Fine. You know, but there's some films where you go, but that but this is boring. This is yeah. dull. And that Birdman just did not get it. Nope. Did not get it. That was a few of them. All right, your number three. My number three, I'm staying in the 90s. Well well and truly entrenched in my, my comfort zone. Um, do, you, do you go anywhere beyond the 90s? 
Not now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Not anymore. I, I, I appear to see my, uh, my top five films that were nominated but didn't win Best Picture in the same way as I see my music. I don't go beyond the 90s. Um, I've gone to 95, smack bang in the middle of the comfort zone, and Braveheart won in that year. Okay. But Nominators was Apollo 13. Yeah. Which is a, a, an excellent film. It's, it's, it's too similar, I think, to Braveheart. They're both epics. They're both feature strong lead performances. They both pull on the, the emotions. They both do action and suspense and um the, the sort of highs and lows of of characters throughout um only one of them's got mel gibson in a skirt <laughs> but uh, and i think that's, that's what's it mate that, that's, that's what's it <laughs> well um <laughs> yeah i think uh, i think apollo 13 in in again in most other years would have been would have been in for the, that Oscar. Particularly as everyone loves Tom Hanks. And this is prime Tom Hanks Oscar winning season. It's it's the it's massive Oscar bait, isn't it? It's the perfect Oscar movie. Yeah. True story. Human endeavour overcoming everything else. It's Tom Hanks. So that's already already on to a winner. Ding. That's take that box off. That's got his uh, nomination. What, Ron How- Ron Howard is the director of it as well. So even more, ding, you've ticked that you've ticked that box as well because there's a man who, who's not a stranger to an Oscar. Yeah. Um, and I I know you know Mel Gibson in a kill or a shocking Scottish accent. Is it yeah. shocking though? I don't know how shocking his Scottish accent. Is it fairly ropey or am I remembering it wrong? Um, I think I think if we were native native Scotsman, I'd say I think we'd probably feel about differently about it. But I thought it was all right. It's passable. Yeah. It wasn't off-putting. And that's that's what I look for when, I'm, when actors are putting on accents. If it's off-putting throughout the film, then it's bad. If you can, if you get used to it, it's all right. I think that's fair. I think, I think you get used to it with with, with Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's a fair choice. Yep. Boxing fans. You don't want dull stats, you don't want so-called experts, you want a boxing podcast by fans for the fans, you want From the Canvas, a boxing podcast you'd make with your boxing mates but don't have to because we have From the Canvas, download or stream wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, your number three. My number three is from 1979. Wow. Ooh. The winner was Kramer versus Kramer. Okay, worst fight ever. No, absolutely. No, no fists involved whatsoever. Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman fighting over the custody of their child during a really messy divorce. Yeah. Powerful human drama. Three glorious words. Nominated in the same year, beating Stanley Kubrick's epic Apocalypse Now. Come on. Apocalypse yeah. Now. Yeah. You know, Rise of the Valkyries, Marlon Brando being far too fat to be on screen, so he had to hide his face in the shadows. <laughs> um, Martin Sheen actually had a had a heart attack filming the film. Like one Did of it? the most, yeah, abs- had, had a heart attack during one of the scenes because he got himself overexcited filming the film. They had to take, they had to delay the shoot. Like there's a documentary about 
filming that film that they did with footage while they were filming that film because of how shocking filming that film was. It's immense. It's quotable. It's got some amazing, like, if you're talking best war films of all time, Apocalypse Now is in there, and they gave it to the divorce drama. Wow. I just, I, you know, you look at it and go, what were you thinking? Yeah. I don't know if just hindsight is helping us with this one, but it's like, come on. Possibly. There's a, there's a lot of the winners that haven't aged as well as the nominees. Um, that's, yeah. that, that's the prime example. I think Apocalypse you, Now will continue to be rated. Give, give Meryl Streep the, the Best Actress nomina- nomination winner. Give Hoffman Best Actor nomination mm-hmm. and winner. Don't give them best movie. No. Come on. No. Right. I think your number two is going to be the same as my number two. I think our top two are going to be the same. Those are the two that I reckon I thought we'd have have the same. What's your number two, Dave? 1998. (gasps) That's my number one. Oh, okay. So we've we've swapped. I can't believe. I can't believe that's not your number one. We've swapped them around. Okay. So what's your number? Do you want to know what my number two is then? Uh, yeah, because we'll come back to my number one, won't we? Yeah, we will. If your number if your number one isn't in the ni- or number two isn't in the nineties, then we we have a difference. Oh, okay. My number two is not in the nineties. Okay. My number two is t- two mm. movies. Oh, of course it is. There we go. I didn't think you do it on this list. I've taken 2001 and 2002. Ah, two years as well as two movies. Not even two yeah. movies from the same year. No, no, no. no. Cool. Two movies okay. from two different years. But you'll see why. Because in 2001, A Beautiful Mind won the best picture. Okay. In 2002, Chicago. Yeah. That's right, a musical starring Richard Gere. And both those films beat out Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Two of the most epic, seminal, like, important movies in our lifetime. And one was beaten out by a mathematician, and the other one was beaten out by Renny Zellweger singing. I mean, come on. I think that's fair. Again, I, I think Lord of the Rings suffered from not being Oscar films, even though the third one won. Third one, like, ripped apart. Third one was, like, 11, 11 awards, wasn't it? It's like they made up for it and went, oh, we should probably give these films something because these are fairly epic. But, like, yeah. you know. I think that's exactly it. I think that's exactly what happened. They did it for two years, and everyone just went, what are you doing? But, yeah. I kind of get it with the first one. Eh, it's a bit of a fantasy. It's a bit silly. Never mind. Even though the mm. first one, arguably, is the best one. Like, for me, that's the best film of the three, I think. Yeah. They all blur into one. Yeah, they do. They they do if you decide to watch them back to back to back like I did one time. That was a mistake. Oh, Don't do that. That's a long weekend. Oh, my was <laughs> Just one long day. I don't know why. You, you, something you think, oh, I'm going to do this. This will be amazing. This will be really good. And then once you started it, you kind of have to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's what Peter Jackson felt when he made them. Well, that, that was kind of symbolic of Frodo's journey, I guess. Started it, so he had to finish it. That's fair. I mean, I'm not getting into it, but the anger when those frigging birds showed up at the end. <laughs> it's like, come on now. No. <laughs> no, they can fly. You having a laugh? No. <laughs> so let's, let's, uh, let's not get into that. So, yeah, both Lord of the Rings movies. Just infuriating. Cannot believe that they were not given. I thought all three of those got best picture. You did give it all three of them? Yeah. For those years, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, over a beautiful mind. 
like I've got a lot of time for Russell Crowe, but would you on. have done it? Would you have done it over the? Would you have given it all three? Because they were consecutive years as well, weren't they? Um, yes, I think they were. They must have been. Yeah, they must have been. So, would you have given it to it in three consecutive years? If they were the best three films, yeah. Because you don't know what the other two films are going to be like. True. You know, it's like it's like saying it's like saying we won't give. Uh, this is a bad example, but we won't give the Matrix the best film because clearly the second and third one are going to be better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, you're taking a bit of a gamble. Now, like, Return of the King is epic. Like, Return of the King's beyond epic. Effective anything, it's actually too epic. Mm. It's too long, far too much going on. You're never really sure, and you just take a breather every time Frodo's on the screen. Like, I don't even know and, who's fighting who now. Who's the king they're talking about? Just show me the little people in the mountain, will you? Just come on. And that's and yet that is still your, your best film of that year. <laughs> I don't know what was going well, on. It's a, really deserved, enjoyed myself. it's a deserving Oscar film. That's, you know, <laughs> technically, technically brilliant. Rounds off the story. Proper epic movie. Did, you, did you follow Chicago from start to finish? Did you understand that plot from start to finish? <sighs> yes. That's why it won. Is that's that what it was? It. Was it? That's I why it beat it. Richard Gere. For me, I thought it was Richard Gere sink and Catherine Zeta-Jones, whatever happened to her. And uh, to be fair, I'd, Chicago's not for me. Beautiful mind. A lot, a lot of time for that film. Really like Beautiful Mind. Great movie. But come on. Better than Fellowship of the Ritten. Nah, you're having a laugh. <laughs> right. I'm intrigued by your number one now. Mm. We're going to talk about my number two and your number one. First, I guess. Yeah, I suppose we are, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So... I, can't believe this is, I can't believe that you think there is a worse travesty than this in the Oscars. But go on. Yeah. Tell me what it is. So, 1998 is the year. Shakespeare in Love won. Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. What film did it beat, Dave? It beat Saving Private Ryan, Ben. I'm glad you said that, because I realised, just as I said that, that there's like another four films. So you could have picked something completely different, and we go, oh, oh, actually, oh, okay, we're in disagreement there too. But you're right. It beat Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Which is astounding, really. Um, uh, how, that is as much as we've said things like Lord of the Rings aren't really necessarily Oscar films Saving Private Ryan is the Oscar film surely the first 20 minutes alone like we've we talked about the first 20 minutes the first 20 minutes alone is is wins you've, you've won you've yeah. won for direction you've won for acting you've won for realism you've won for um bringing the past to life, like everything about that first 20 minutes is enough. That's it, you beat. I mean, okay, let's say that anyway. That, that first 20 minutes is certainly better than the whole of Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'd rather watch that uh, like six times than Shakespeare in Love once through. <laughs> it's just strange. Yeah. I don't understand. It's almost like, it's almost like the Oscar nominees when... Well, someone else will vote for Saving Private Ryan, so I'll vote for Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, like yeah. so many of them decide to vote. Oh well, let's give Shakespeare in Love a couple of votes because you know Saving Private Ryan's got this written all over, and yeah. it's just, yeah. Oh, I mean, if if you if you didn't know any better, I mean, it it, it whacks of some sort of some sort of conspiracy, doesn't it? But I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the case. But at the same time, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan is an excellent film. Um, and would have 
would have stood stood head and shoulders above pretty much every other year in Oscars history without exception. Well, one exception. One exception, according to me. According to you. Now, when I looked at that, I thought, well, that's an easy one for win for one of them because Shakespeare in Love is by far worse than Saving Private Ryan. It Jeez. is. Yeah. So what have you decided is more of an Oscars travesty than Saving Private Ryan losing to Shakespeare in Love? Hi, Dave here from That Movie List podcast. Now, you know me. I live for the little surprises that life throws at you. Finding a fiver in the pocket of an old coat, thinking you'd eaten the last biscuit in the tin, only to discover there's an entire second layer. Waking up thinking your alarm will be going off soon, then realising it's 2am and you can just roll over and go back to sleep. Well, I've got another surprise for you. Remember wrestling from the 90s and early 2000s? Well, it's still happening today under the WWE brand. And even better, the Views from the Sofa Network has a podcast about it to help get you back up to speed. On it, the guys preview the upcoming main events and predict the outcomes of each match as part of an ongoing league. There's also the opportunity for you to win free WWE merch each round by playing along as well. So, if you want to restart your love affair with wrestling and potentially win some merch, why not listen in to the Wrestling Predict Cast wherever you get your podcasts from? So, I'm on for a Hank's hat trick. Um, we've we've spoken about Apollo 13's year. We've spoken about Saving Private Ryan's year. We're now going to speak about another Hank's year. And it's not that it's a bad film that won. Not at all. But it's about the film that didn't win. So, we're going back to 1994. Okay. Forrest Gump won Best Picture. Certainly Great did. film. Amazing Excellent film. Awesome. Oscar worthy, Oscar Absolutely. bait written all over it. It's got everything in it that should be. 100%, 100%. And yet, well, Shawshank Redemption was also in that year. It was. And again, another film that absolutely should have won Best Picture Oscar. Yeah, it should have. It's a weird one, Shawshank Redemption, because it is the epitome of not appreciated in its own time. Yes. In fact, I was even surprised it was Oscar nominated because it was an absolute bomb at the um box office no one you know it may, had a massive following on on dvd video or whatever it was vhs afterwards which yeah. kind of got it in the homes and everyone's consciousness number one on the imdb top 250 and everything like that so there's something in that and that's that's what it is it's because it was it was unappreciated at the time and i think i think stupid as it sounds had they re-released it the next year and I don't know how the Oscars nominations work. If you can get nominated for a re-release year, but don't think so. No, if it had, if the if it had come out again later and been nominated and been been eligible to be nominated, it would have gone on and won probably. I mean, you could argue that had had it got the reaction it got from the DVD, it would have won in 1995. Had it had it been nominated that year, it would have beaten Braveheart, would have beaten Apollo 13. That's fair. That's, so, yeah, that's true. I think, yeah, I think it's it's just it's such a shame that it's it's forever got that tag Oscar nominated rather than Oscar winning. And there's something about being up against Forrest Gump of all films as well, though. Yeah, you yeah. don't stand much of a chance against. I mean, that film, like I said, that's Oscar 101. Yeah, you know that felt like it was written to win an Oscar. So there's there's no that it almost didn't stand a chance, even though Shawshank Redemption is. I'd say arguably by far the better film, better performances, much more interesting. Stood the stood the 
Well, both. It's tough that one. They're both great films. They both should have won. Joint winners. Yeah, could have either done. Controversial. Controversial. Mm. So, have you got honorable mentions? No. Right. I have. I have loads. All oh, right. Because okay. there yeah. was there was a fair few of these, but the, what I what I realised was, like I said, it's the kind of films that got Oscar nominated like way before mm. that wouldn't today. Yeah. So some of the other ones I've got are things like French Connection beat a Clockwork Orange. I think Clockwork mm-hmm. Orange is a much better movie, but you know, not not enough there. Um, Moonlight beating Arrival. Yeah, that I, I wanted to put Arrival in there and I couldn't. Uh, Arrival and Lion that year. Yeah, and, big year that one. Yeah, and I, I hadn't seen Moonlight, so I couldn't. couldn't and the one that. I Otherwise, thought was. The one oh, I thought was definitely for you would be Shape of Water beating any other film that year. I, I did almost put that in. I did almost put any any film of that year, but then it wasn't it wasn't that the wrong film won Best Picture category. It was Best Films that didn't win. So I, I couldn't justify it. That's but fair. That's it fair. Was, Feels it like was a technicality. Pretty poor year that year from uh, Oh I, I put in Dunkirk. Dunkirk by far, but yeah, I know you don't like that movie. You know my feelings on that. The music's too loud. Too, yeah, I was going to say too loud. And Dunkirk the one that... is too noisy. Unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I heard that was a major complaint from the soldiers. <laughs> Love the beach. The sand's great. Far too loud. Um, major complaint in there. <laughs> that was good. I've got a feeling I laughed over it. I'm not going back. Um, <laughs> 1977. Star Wars. Oscar nominated. Okay. Annie Hall beat it, probably justifiably. I think Star Wars is really an Oscar Oscar winning film. But, you know, Star Wars wouldn't be anywhere near it now. After the effects and stuff like that, it'd be pretty pretty good. But yeah, um, yeah, that's fair. And out of the Star Wars saga, the first one's not even the best, like, not even close to the the Oscar one, really. Fair enough. So there we go, Oscar. So Oscar-nominated films that should have won. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty comprehensive. Pretty shocking. So let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you agree that. Let us know if you're that one person that voted Shakespeare in Love over Saving Private. Well, obviously it must have been more than one yeah. um, that believe that a fictional account of Shakespeare having an affair was better than the hundreds of thousands of people that died on the uh, Normandy beaches. Yeah. Twitter. Uh, Move this pod um, to get to, to let us know, and let right. us know how green is your uh, valley as well. <laughs> yeah, if you could, yeah. if, you're, if you're Welsh, you got anything to do with coal mining? Could you let us know, you know, how green your valley is? Yeah, that'd be really. <laughs> That's bizarre. Okay, um, it's quiz time. Right, it's my turn to do the quiz this episode. It is. I'm going to say this week, but it never works out that way. Um, obviously, it's got to be Oscar-linked. It's got to be Oscar-themed. Yep. So my, the name of my quiz this episode is, but did it really happen? Ooh, okay. 
So I'm going to give you the synopsis of seven Oscar-nominated movies. Wow. And all you've got to do is not only tell me what is the film, which is the minor part of this, but the second part of it is, is it based on a true story? Okay, so it's not whether the film actually happened and was Oscar-nominated, it's just whether... Yeah, whether the the film itself is based on a true story. Okay. Clear, okay. clear Oscar bait. Loads of true stories with the Oscars. Usually one a year. What I want to know is, did it really happen? Did that? Did what they said in the movie really happen? Okay. And uh, we're including based on a true story in here as well, are we? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Good. Just you'll see as we go. I'll try okay. to go for, for a bit intro. You know me. I try to go for a bit interesting, make it a bit different. I like it. So we'll start with this one. An old man recalls his time painting houses. For his friend Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, Very recent, last year. Oh, really? Oh, um, I'm going to say that's that didn't really happen. Do you know the film? Nope. I, I thought it was up, up initially. <laughs> <laughs> Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, um, Al Pacino. Harvey Keitel. Oh, the Irishman? The Irishman. An old man recalls his time painting houses for his friend Jimmy Hoffa. Wow. Technically, yes, it did really happen. But okay. there are bits of it people have to fill in because we never actually found out what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Right, okay. So technically, yes, it did. Wow. Number two, an African-American police officer successfully infiltrates the local Ku Klux Klan branch. An African-American police officer successfully infiltrates his local Ku Klux Klan branch. Uh, I think that is based on a true story. And I, is that the Black Klansman? certainly is. And it is based on a true story, quite shockingly. Um, he never actually goes to any of the meetings. He sends a, a white police officer to do that. But he does do all of the, the detective work and stuff. But yeah, Black Klansman is based on a true story. Cool. An astronaut becomes stranded after his team assume he's dead and he must rely on his ingenuity to survive. Uh, so this is fictional and this is Matt Damon in that one on Mar- The Martian. The Martian, nice. He's trying go. to hide the Mars bit. Um, I've included it because apparently, I don't know how true this is, it could be true. Like he's yeah. based on a lot of it. Like apparently he wrote and it was like all scientifically accurate and what could have happened could have happened and all the rest of it. So there's no, there's not too much science fiction in there, even though it is science fiction, but you're right. Didn't actually happen. Plausible fiction. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. A promising young musician enrolls at a music school where his teacher will stop at nothing to realize the student's potential. That's difficult. That's one uh... very difficult. A young man survives a oh no, a promising young musician enrolls at a music school where his teacher will stop at nothing to realise the student's potential. Teachers Teachers played by J.K. Simmons. About a drummer. Uh no, don't know. Film's called Whiplash. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. True story Um, or not? Fiction. 
yeah, it's fiction. You're absolutely right. No cleverness there. I just want to increase that one. Right, then, number five. A young man survives a shipwreck and survives at sea while sharing a lifeboat with a Bengal tiger. <laughs> Don't laugh. That could be true. It could be true. It could be true. Um, I think this one is uh, Shawshank Redemption. No, Life of Pi. It is Life of Pi. Life true story? Pi. Uh, I, I'm sure I remember reading somewhere that it is based on a true story, but it wasn't a tiger or something stupid like that. So I'm going to say fiction. It is fiction, but there's that bit at the end, isn't there? Just spoilers. Okay, so spoilers for Life of Pi. I've never so seen if it. If you don't want to hear it, you can skip forward. You not? I, I could not say this, but he says a he tells his story to someone else, and somebody else goes, "That's not what happened," and kind of recounts a different version of the events at the end. It's very clever. It's a very clever ending to the idea that you were never on a ship with a tiger. And you were never, you know, it's a few animals he's on there with, but but someone else tells a different story. So the idea is, it's not based on a true story. The ridiculous story isn't necessarily the one that the film's actually uh, trying to depict. But there we go. Yeah, okay. Well worth well worth watching. Life of Pi. That's it for ages. Right. A Scottish warrior leads a rebellion to free his people from the tyranny of an English monarch. True. They'll never take our true film away from us <laughs> got away from you there didn't it did yeah it did What's the I, film I started confidently and then then ran out of confidence it's braveheart ben <laughs> it's braveheart now you say true that's not come on everything about that film's false william wallace existed he did exist but you know the the, the a lot of the rest of it is absolutely fabricated i'm pretty sure the, the scots and the english fought at one stage Oh well, in that case, well, fine then. Yeah, in that case, in that case, it's bang on. I don't know what you're based talking about. Based on a true story, Absolutely. you're right. Yeah. Based on a true story, inspired by true events, is my favourite one. That's the one. Yeah. What What do they use for all the like Towie stuff? Um, scripted or partially <laughs> scripted reality? Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The uh, the the dialogue is real. The events are the, the events. Are it, yeah. Oh yeah. great. Okay. Not sure. <laughs> So essentially, it's just improv. What you're telling me is this is improv. <laughs> All right, fair enough then. <laughs> a fair play to Yeah. Right then. Last one. Okay. District Attorney Jim Garrison attempts to uncover a conspiracy surrounding the events of the death assassination of the American president. I'll read that oh. one again. District Attorney Jim Garrison attempts to uncover a conspiracy surrounding the events of the assassination of the American president. I should definitely know this one, but I don't. Kevin Costner, directed by Oliver Stone. It's about five hours long. Uh, Named after the president who was assassinated. Ah, uh, the postman. Perfect. It's JFK. <laughs> ah, well, that was his nickname. He always delivered. Ah, oh, nice. Very nice. Um, real or not? Uh, I'm going to say real. Yeah, sort of. Depends what you think about the conspiracy. I don't know much about that film. So that's, that, that's quite so it's, it's It happened. There was an assassination. There was a court case. This guy did try to prove that the JFK assassination was a conspiracy. The whole grassy knoll thing and everything. But it all depends on whether that's something you uh, you go for, really. Yeah. So, True, sort of. 
True and false. Yeah, there we go. That's it. So there you go. But did it really happen? That's mm-hmm. the quiz. I enjoyed that. That was really good. There's a, a nice twist on uh, the usual theme we go for at Oscars week of Oscar or Noscar or something like that. Yeah, that was my. That was that was my. <laughs> that was initially what I was going to do. Yeah, I was worried we'd already done that quiz on the earlier version of uh, of this podcast when it was uh, views from the sofa. So um, yeah, we did. Yeah, that's why I decided not to go for it, and I could have gone back and researched it. <laughs> I In fact, a little. A little part of me thought what I'd do is go back and just give you the same quiz again and see if you've got any better at it. Or if you'd done the quiz, repeat your own quiz back to you. I wouldn't do that. They're awful. Depends <laughs> <laughs> if you stole it from Richard Osman that week or not. That's more. <laughs> okay, we're going to finish. <laughs> we're going to fit. Yeah, he's clear, clear, clearly listening. Um, we're going to finish with what's my name again? Name. I forgot the name of the feature. <laughs> I might just take that bit out. I don't even know. Why. I need to introduce it. I thought you were pausing for the uh, the thing. Oh yeah. I w- no, no, no. Initially, when that happened, I, it's because I'd forgotten it. Because, because I, I said our last feature is, and I just couldn't for the life of me remember what we call it. So. <laughs> I could just edit all this bit out. It depends on how much work, much work I fancy putting in, but the Sting's got to go in here somewhere, so we'll figure it out. I thought just leave it as the Sting would announce the feature, but there you go. Yeah, that's what I usually do. I don't know why I didn't do it this time. We did it expertly for the quiz. Yeah, that was, it was slick. We didn't even talk about it. Really smooth, exactly, oh. yeah. So now I don't. It depends how professional I want to seem. Uh, oh, so, well, uh, hello, listeners, because you're clearly still listening to this. In that case. <laughs> <laughs> What's my name again, Dave? How's it work? So the person that doesn't do the quiz uh, selects uh, a actor from their number one pick, and that actor has played a character in that number one film that is unnamed. It's um, somebody that is some way down the IMDb actors list uh, for that film uh, and has uh, has a, a key role but doesn't deserve a name. So we, we're here to give some credit to those actors. Absolutely. What was your number one film? My number one film is Shawshank Redemption, Ben. We had Shawshank Redemption as number one before for this. I think we have. I think we have. And I think I didn't go for this person. Or I don't remember us going for this person last time. Let's, let's hope so, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'll be, you'll be glad to know this is going to be a short feature this year, this time. Okay. So. No, I am um, on. I am on. Shawshank Redemption's IMDb page. Right. If it was me doing this feature, I already know who I'd have chosen. Okay, in that case, then I think we've probably got the same same person. So I've gone for an actor called Ron Newell. Oh, we'd have picked different people. Oh, really? So Ron Newell in the Shawshank Redemption played possibly the greatest titled character or in any film just found him you're right yours is better uh ron newell played the elderly hole guard make your own jokes elderly hole guard we now in the film he's the guy who has to guard the hole that tim robbins character has made yeah and he's old yeah that's not how i read it then is it not no Oh, oh, oh. Honey, yeah. 
Oh, no, let's not, not, not go down that route. Um, <laughs> why is this a short? Why is this a, a short feature this time? Because he's done bugger all, really. But <laughs> at the same time, I just want to say elderly whole guard on a podcast. And uh, you've several you've times. Achieved you've achieved yeah. that. Fair play. He was, in, right. he was in the West Wing uh, in one episode, and he also uh, had a, a named role as Doctor Kraft in the 1995 movie House Guest. So he didn't go from strength to strength. Um, obviously, there's not much of a call in in Hollywood for elderly hole guards. Um, those those holes just don't need guarding. Or in life, really. Or in life, generally, yeah. They're they're generally the the safer sort of holes, really. I'll be honest with you. I think it's a young man's game. I think I think you're right. But it was. I, I think, think you get a lot of young hole guards. <laughs> I think you probably do. But elderly hole guards are much rarer i always think it's a little bit of a mick take when you go on to ron newell's acting and it says ron newell is an actor known for the shawshank redemption west wing and house guest yeah now one that's just listing the films he's been in <laughs> yeah and two known for I, I i'd agree with you until this point i think right. from now from here on in he will now be known for his roles in those films uh, because he's featured on this uh, on this outstanding podcast. So, when you are inevitably sitting down to watch Shawshank Redemption at eleven o'clock at night because you've just seen it start and you think I'll just watch the first five minutes and now it's two o'clock in the morning because that's the only way people watch Shawshank Redemption. That's fair. And you see a hole being guarded by an elderly gentleman. I want you to turn. I want you to wake up a loved one. We need to go upstairs, wake up a loved one, bring them downstairs, sit them down and go, yeah, that's, that's Ron Newell, that is. Played Dr. Kraft in House Guest. You know, he's known for the West Wing. <laughs> known for the West Wing? Come on. You don't know? <laughs> oh, I've never seen the West Wing. No, you wouldn't know then. Um, I easily thought that you were going to go for... There is also Holgard. Howell E. Cope Jr. was Holgard. He's not even elderly. <laughs> So I don't know if that's better or worse, but that's not the one I thought you were going to go for. I thought you were going to go for Frank Medrano, Ooh. who, when looked at his script, when he was handed his script for The Shawshank Redemption and told that he was going to be in a film with Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins, looked at it, went, oh, who am I playing? And got told, oh, you're playing the character Fat Ass. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, also, also been in... Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, that's what, what you're going to do with that. Also been in, he's also played Homeless Dude in uh, a series. Um, and that's, That must have required some weight loss to play that. that that's fair. Because in, in the film Sleepers, which we are going to talk about on our next episode, how random is that? There you go. And the film Sleepers, which talks about an episode that's not out yet, he also played Fat Mancho. Ah, in the Crooking Clan. Oh, that's Fat Man Scoop. <laughs> Oh, I'm not even sure you got the right clan either. That is a Brooklyn clan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even. I'm not in that oh. one either. Out either. So uh, <laughs> there we go then. So Fat Majorano, when you uh, when you when you're watching Shawshank Redemption, this one is more at eleven o'clock because because Fat Ass is early. Fat Ass is the ones crying and screaming in the uh, in the prison that gets beaten up by the prison guards. Spoilers, spoilers for Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, when you, if you see him, in his now oh god, that's what he needed. I'm not going to beat that. Let's move on. Um, it's time for the plugs. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you thought about the Oscars, this year's Oscars, and also our Oscar picks um, for nominated films that should have won Best Picture on Twitter and Facebook. Just look, look for that movie list podcast. There are also a ton of other podcasts on the Views from the Sofa Network. If you are a wrestling fan, then be sure. Yeah, you know. Then be sure that you. Um, follow the wrestling predict cast which uh dave has got a this this week a vested uh, a vested interest he's got a guest appearance in uh, this week's episode of the wrestling predict cast but we won't spoil why well no i think uh there's a there's a pattern developing here and i'm, I'm going to say it on this podcast because this is this is ours um but in the last last month or so um i've invaded two other podcasts and uh have come out hugely successfully in both of them are uh, only the, on the uh the team sheet podcast um yep. uh yeah listen, listen out for that one of my my victorious uh appearance on there and then the, the wrestling predict cast as well for other reasons too what i love about when you appear on these other podcasts which i'm also appearing on and you there there isn't just me and dave doing like five podcasts there are other people involved as <laughs> well on different accents exactly yeah <laughs> mostly brummy for some reason mostly brummy that's what i think we should, we should rename the uh the views from the sofa podcast network too is the mostly brummy network um from the I, think sofa. I think it's only me like it's just there's only me that's not i think at this point but anyway we'll, we'll move moving swiftly on from that what i love about the fact is when you do go on these podcasts and make these guest appearances and become triumphant in whatever you know whatever activities going on the podcast people love the fact that you've done it as well people aren't going out of their way to try and stop you winning at all are they no not at all not at all i get the full support of my co-host to know every single podcast (laughs) so uh if you want to hear what we're talking about look for top premier league 11 for the team sheet and look for the season finale of the wrestling predict cast the the uh, wrestlemania results show both of which are out now on the Views from the Sofa Network. You did great there to turn that into a professional plug session. You are very welcome. We have been smooth throughout this podcast today. Depends on how well I edited it to how well that <laughs> sentence comes across. I can't even get through the last bit there. It wasn't even, <laughs> that wasn't even smooth. Say goodbye, Dave. <laughs> goodbye, Ben. Goodbye, Ben.